Welcome to an episode of Find Your Voice, a movement led by yours truly, Aaron Dew, a guy who has overcome crippling anxiety, adversity, and difficulty like so many of you in life, whose main goal now is to help you combat your excuses, take control of your life, write your own story, and most importantly, find your voice. So now, without further ado, I welcome the host of the show himself, Mr. Aaron Dew. What's going on, people? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Find Your Voice. My name is Aaron, and as always, I am the host of the show. Today, I'm delighted to be able to bring to you Lara Waldman, who is a well-known abundance activator. Now, in case anyone is unfamiliar with those terms, it will all be explained in this episode. She's been a coach now for many years. She's been a healer for 15 years. She's an author. She's a manifestation expert. This lady's fascinating, but more importantly, she gives us tangible takeaways in this episode that we can really start to take away and start to change our lives today. Now, this also became a bit of a counseling session for myself where I learned a lot of areas in my life that still needed growth and still needed me to really work on myself. But again, I'm here to share my vulnerabilities with yourselves. This is a journey. This is about finding my own voice. This is about writing my own story. And hopefully it helps you guys do the same. She says some incredible things about how we can't escape ourselves. She also spoke of the importance of having a balance between your emotional, spiritual and physical self. And then she touched on something that I think we can all resonate with, which is that we never truly arrive. So when we have all these goals or these desires of we will be happy when, when is when? Do we ever truly arrive at this destination? The chances are not, because obviously as you start to grow and you go through this process, your goals change, your visions, your priorities and everything kind of either evolves, grows, or sometimes it could even, I suppose, diminish. So it was a fascinating conversation. She's somebody who loves to talk and have deep, meaningful conversations, a little bit like myself. We had a fascinating conversation. It's somebody I'm going to be keeping in touch with offline as well. I encourage you all to follow her journey on Instagram and also join us over on the Instagram page as well. It is growing now nicely and I do like to try and engage with all of our listeners and all of our guests. So guys, without further ado, let's get this interview on the way. Okay, fantastic. I'd like to start by welcoming Lara to the show today and thanking her for taking time out of her day and sharing her story with us. So Lara, how are you doing today? Hey, it's really great to connect with you. I absolutely love talking <laughs> so I'm really happy to, to be here today fantastic well talking is definitely a good start because that's what we're going to be doing hopefully for the next hour and I want to know a little bit more about yourself Lara and I want to know a little bit about your story and I'm sure the audience do as well so if you wouldn't mind could you kind of give us a bit about yourself your summary and what kind of I suppose brings you to where you are today well it's a, a sort of a long story I'll try and keep it take your brief. time um but I uh, was born and raised in Vancouver Canada mm-hmm. I now live in London England um I ha- we had a really amazing upbringing on the outside everything looked perfect mm-hmm. we uh were sailing in the summers skiing in Whistler in the winters we had um this what looked like really kind of perfect happy family And in some ways, on the physical level, everything was great. But it turns out things weren't so great underneath that. Um, When I was 12, my my godmother, my mom's best friend, committed suicide. And this put a bomb into our family. It basically exposed everything that had been hidden, um, denied, covered up 
on the emotional level within our family unit. So this really took my mom into a very, very difficult and dark place. Um, she ended up leaving when I was 14. And there was a lot of emotional unrest. So we went from this kind of what seemed, obviously I was a child, right? But seeing mm. this p- picture perfect um, situation to it went, went very dark. And then it just, it seems like everything just goes dark in my memory. And my parents, you know, we split up, had to sell our home. And there was a lot of um, unrest. There was a lot of traumatic experiences in that time. And I went into a really tough girl, kind of big front, I don't care, self-destruction. Um, I really genuinely thought I didn't care. Um, super strong, but um, also very armored. And um, when I was about, I think, 16, 17, I was just feeling exhausted all the time. And I went to the doctor and she said, I think you have depression. And I was like, what? I didn't think I had depression. And I remember getting on the scales and I weighed way more than I'd ever weighed. I'd always been a very slim person. Mm -hmm. And this was the start then of my eating disorders. So I basically tried to starve myself and exercise like crazy and and really was in a very dark place of self-hate and trying to be something or become something that I wasn't. This went on for a long time, but um, I then went to university because that's just sort of what everyone did in my in my uh, community. Went there, r- just felt really down. Everyone was partying, and and I was just I got into the rowing team, and I was up at five in the morning, just like in the gym in the afternoon, just focus, focus, pushing myself really hard, but really low in retrospect. And I don't know exactly the moment this happened, but suddenly, um, I think I went to this meditation class, which I'd never tried in my life. And it was kind of weird. I didn't really understand it, but I was, um, this vision or this feeling came into me and I had this vision where I saw myself speaking to an international audience as being interviewed. And I was speaking about the, the fact that as human beings, we have the power to consciously create our life. We are way more powerful than we realize. And I don't know where this came from, because this is not what I was really thinking about or speaking about at the time. It just came as this vision. So I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm supposed to be an actress. That is my purpose. So I quit university and I followed. I went to like just studied lots of acting. I was working in restaurants and studying as much as I could. And then I got this next inspiration was to go to London, England and go to theater school um, and be trained as a theater actress. So I, I flew myself over to London, ended my relationship, just following this sort of what I would call now my intuition or my inner guidance system. But I didn't really know that's what it was at the time. And this took me to, to go to theater school, took me to London. Um, and my plan was to go to two years theater school and then come back to Vancouver and start my very successful acting career. But life had a different plan for me. So I, um, after a year of being in England, which was a very, again, it was quite dark time. It was quite, I was very lonely and it was, I was working really hard, working full time, studying full time, but it was challenging time. I then met my now husband. Um, I was 22 at the time. This guy was super peaceful, super calm. Uh, it was real love at first sight kind of experience. And um, he meditated. He meditated twice a day. And I was like, oh, God, this meditation thing. So I had this sense that I needed to, to, to meditate, but I had really huge resistance to it. One day I forced myself. I hated it. I squirmed in my chair, but I made myself sit for 20 minutes. And I, for some reason, just knew I had to keep going at it. So I sat with it. And then after not very long, 
when I sat long enough, eventually I would have these amazing feelings of peace. And that, I guess, got me hooked. Oh, wow, that was an amazing feeling. And then not long after that, something very strange happened to me where I was had my eyes closed. And then out of nowhere, I in my mind's eye, I saw in front of my um, in front of me and I heard I saw in flashing lights. You are a healer. And I heard it in my ears as well. And I it was I just remember collapsing on the bed and floods of tears and sobbed and sobbed because I knew I wasn't going to be an actress in that moment. And I knew that my whole life was about to change. And I was so upset. I was devastated. I said, I remember saying, okay, universe, I don't know what this is, but you bring it to me. I'm not looking for it. I was super pissed. Mm. And very soon I stumbled across this healing course. And then I, I remember going on this course. It was, again, I think I was really tapped into this uh, inner guidance, but I didn't really know that's what it was, but it was leading me forward. Something was pushing me forward. I went on that, that first course, the healing course, and I just knew that this was my future. And then I started to discover all of the stuff I'd been struggling with physically. I'd been struggling with health problems. Emotionally, I'd been struggling. I just felt bad all the time, felt awful in my body and realized that there was a whole other world that I didn't understand, which is kind of the emotional um, aspect and the ener energies as well. All this trauma I'd been through, I had no idea how much it affected me. And then I really started this journey of healing and releasing on an emotional level, on a mind level. And my body and my, I really started to heal. This, these physical health problems I'd been experiencing, emotional imbalances really started to shift. And it was incredible. And then I just, I've been on that path for over 20, for 20 years now. Mm. Um, but, but fast forward, I ended up... Um, getting pregnant when I was 26, which was a surprise. Mm -hmm. But I, again, I knew this, this was the right thing. And I, I have two beautiful daughters now. Um, and what happened was, is then I, I'd had this sort of big vision, right? This big vision to help the world speak to the world. And then at this point in my life, I was stuck at home with two little kids, which I love being a mom, but we had no money. We were really broke. And I felt really stuck and frustrated, really limited. And then I started to, um, in meditation, because when I meditate, I, um, I developed or started to understand that I was getting messages. I was getting what I call inner guidance or you call it channeling, depending what you want to call it. And I started getting these messages, but I had never occurred to me to, to ask about money before. So I started asking questions about money. Before that, I've been working on health and healing, emotional balance. I was also, you know, really fascinated with what happened to my mom. Like, why did everything go so bad and so dark? And so I really was super fascinated in the unconscious um, and how our unconscious self affects our current reality. Mm. But I had never looked at money. So then I started on this really big journey around understanding about money and my relationship with money and what had gone on with that. And what I'd realized is I'd actually, because I grew up with money, but like, you know, things didn't work out, you know, mm. the people weren't happy. And so I rejected it. I rejected that whole scene. I rejected kind of the physical world, you know, of, of like physical, um, I guess physical success or physical objects, because I saw that that wasn't really making people happy. And then I was going into the heart and the soul and purpose and, this is what makes people happy. We can't be happy if we're not 
happy on the inside, right? But then this next chapter of my life was about finding the balance between the spiritual, emotional, mental, and the physical like how we can how we can thrive and feel good in all areas of our life because what i learned is if we're like i was at that point very spiritually rich and emotionally rich and i had all this powerful information on this kind of energy level but because, but not have any money meant we were really limited in the physical world also equally people can be very wealthy they can have physical money and wealth and physical things but be completely bankrupt emotionally spiritually and we're not happy unless we have some kind of balance in all areas of our life. So now my thing is right. <laughs> How can we create a life of abundance in all in all areas of our life? Because if one part of the system's broken, it's you're not going to feel good. You're not going to feel a sense of success and fulfillment and purpose. So so there are quite a lot of areas that we need to take care of. But this is what. So my work now is about really living abundance how can we live and create a life of true abundance which includes all areas of life so we don't have to reject anything we don't have to reject money we don't have to reject love we don't have to reject health we can include all of it wow that's where i'm at now what an incredible journey wow so that resonated with me on on quite a huge scale actually because i feel you know how you you said you mentioned your intuition uh when you first had that actress feeling and you're like that's it i'm going to learn i'm going to become an actor not not so much in terms of that that I wanted to be an actor but I've had those moments in my life but I've never really understood them and then sometimes Mm. I'm like have have I just convinced myself that's what I should be doing but recently for some reason something keeps telling me I need to meditate now I look Mm. after my body a lot I look after my health I try to I try to find a balance in terms of the physical, mental, emotional and spiritual aspects of of my life because I believe you need some sort of balance and I'm, I'm glad that you touched on that as well but meditation is just something at the minute I'm not sure why I'm not doing it but I just find it just kind of switches me off and I'm thinking I don't have time like I'm so busy I'm (laughs) doing like three jobs a day and I I work seven days a week and I think do I really have time to to meditate and it's funny because I I think I was watching Jay Shetty who's who's, who's fascinating because he speaks a lot about wisdom and I think he went on this monk's journey and he mentions that if he had an extra hour a day he'd meditate and I found that really odd but then I thought there's obviously some beauty in it and you've just mentioned it now so I wanted to, I wanted to just ask you on that, and maybe this is more of a, a kind of selfish personal question, but I hope the listeners at home who don't meditate might take some value from it. Could you recommend something for, say, somebody like myself who kind of, I suppose, pushes that idea away? One, the importance of meditation. I know you said you had this kind of euphoric feeling when you went through it, but what's like the first step? So is it as easy as just slapping on a YouTube video and then maybe spending 10, 15 minutes doing that is is that a good start or have you got any other sort of practices that you could recommend yeah so everyone's a little bit different um I've you know coached and supported lots of people and mm. in, in trying to create some sort of practice where you want to stop mm. and go within now the first thing I want to say is this is great in terms of preventative medicine because stopping meditating will help to lower your stress levels lower anxiety. So it's really, really good on lots and lots of levels. But some people really struggle, like myself, I really struggle. I really had to force myself to stop. So what I would say is one of the reasons why we find it so hard to stop is because we don't want to feel. Mm. We don't want to feel ourselves. We're not taught the value of being. We're not taught the value of being in the present moment. And we want to avoid the present moment because that's we'll have to feel our pain. 
and we don't want to feel it. But equally, when we sit long enough, that pain will transform, it will shift, and you'll start having feelings of peace, of euphoria, of connection. Uh, it's a feeling of coming home, and it's absolutely beautiful. And I think once you start having that experience enough, you get addicted to it <laughs> because you start feeling good. It's just like working out, going to the gym. Mm. At first, you know, it's off when you, you have an exercise and you first exercise, <laughs> it's like, oh, pulling yourself out there. But once you get into a rhythm, it, you get addicted to it, and then then it's not such hard work. It's exactly the same. Okay. What I would say is um, everyone's a little bit different. I recommend starting with five minutes a day. Five minutes is better than no minutes. Even two minutes is better than no minutes. It's really as simple as sitting, sitting in a way that's comfortable for you, trying to have good posture as much as possible and breathing and just focusing on your breath, breathing in and breathing out. Within about two seconds, your mind will start wandering. Mm. You want to come back and just keep coming back to the breath, coming back to the breath. What, will, what happens is it gives your mind and your body a chance to filter out and process all the information, triggers, emotions that have happened in your day or maybe your week. Mm-hmm. And when you and it, your mind and your body needs time to filter through and process all of that information. So it can take sometimes up to 20 minutes to find feelings of peace. If you're really triggered and emotionally upset, it could take half an hour. But five minutes is better than no minutes. You'll feel a little bit calmer yeah. if you just sit and breathe. It's so simple and it's absolutely free. But there's lots of I have I have some guided um, healing meditations on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of um, guided meditations. Sometimes people it helps people to listen to something. But you can also do walking meditations. You can go out in nature and just you know s- s- not listen to anything, just breathe, mm. bring, bring yourself in the moment. Some people find it hard to sit still. You could move. You could do kind of like dancing sort of meditations. You can bring. It's just about bringing yourself into the present moment. Okay. And and again, there's lots and lots of benefits to it on, on emotional, mental and physical level as well. That's really interesting. So one of the things I have done, and thank you for sharing all of that, is I've started to read a lot about solitude and just trying to be by myself. Um, and I always used to, I suppose, struggle to... Uh, maybe this was part of my anxiety to be alone so even go to a a shopping center by myself or sitting in a coffee shop by myself I'd always feel I needed somebody else there so Mm. I I am going through the kind of journey of just being okay by myself and I was very fortunate Mm. to have just traveled to Miami with the wife and before our day started and we went on our adventures I'd always wake up an hour early and I'd just go for a walk I'd occasionally put music on and just being in that moment and I suppose it's easier when you're out of your environment so right now I'm sitting at home where I work and where I live but just being in a completely different environment I did feel more peaceful so I I can Mm. definitely the thing is I know you're right I know I know there's an advantage from it because the same with exercise I always say if I could bottle up the feeling that I get after doing exercise and sell it in the shops Mm -hmm. you know it's it's almost like the best antidepressant in the world so it's something that I definitely urge anyone listening to let's let's all start at two minutes let's all start at five minutes and I'll try and be accountable myself and I'll try and post this a little bit more on the page as well because I think it is something that we all need to do and just on that, if I may ask then, so do you believe, and I'm playing a bit of a devil's advocate here, that we can achieve balance in all areas, talking physical, mental, emotional and spiritual? Or is there going to be an aspect where we may need to accept that some areas are going to be maybe more in tune than the others? Good question. Well, this is my work in progress every day. So I believe that... Um, 
balance isn't a isn't a solid fixed thing Mm -hmm. it's a constantly moving thing like the weather Mm. uh like the tides um like like nature it's moving and flowing all the time so balance is there isn't one one flat line of balance but this is again why for me this meditation is this great foundation because we need to be really listening and tuning in and being connected to our life so if there is an area where you're struggling or there's an area that is difficult it's like the universe or life is screaming at you saying this needs your attention mm-hmm. so this is what i call the purpose of your pain is that the our pain and our struggle are signposts that something needs our attention so it's there's always going to be challenge there's always going to be things that stretch you or challenge you but what i like to do is if we can use those challenges consciously what we discover is there's gold in the pain there's gold in there mm. but the it the the pain or the challenge or the difficulty is showing you that there's something that's out of balance so we we need it's 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 work it's hard work it's not Absolutely. like it's not easy and anyone who you know i've i'm i'm married i've got kids i run a business you know mm. i've got a dog i've got my home there's there's lots of areas of life that need our attention so it is a full-time job, but what I find is if we're listening and we're flowing and we're surrendering to the moment as well, getting out of the ego, getting out of the mind, mm. there is a flow. There is a place of flow. There is a current that is was going to help you to feel in flow and in harmony with your life. Mm. So, and I call that balance, but it's that that current is changing all the time. So we have to be listening. We have to be tuning in. And what I've realized is that um, life is here to support us, but we have to work with it, which means we have to slow down enough to listen, to pay attention. And so it's it's not an easy, it's not a straightforward answer, but it, it's a practice. And I've been developing this over the last 20 years. And I'm still like a constant student with all of this, as well as being a teacher of this. Um, so it it's 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 just like anything whether it's like exercise or gardening or um keeping your house tidy it needs our constant attention absolutely absolutely i think that makes perfect sense and i suppose once we myself included go on that journey of really trying to listen and be in that moment of like you said surrender surrendering i think it would definitely help i'm also thankful that you mentioned it is hard work because sometimes setting those expectations i mean i I do this from a physical standpoint in my personal training career where people want a very quick fix now we're in that society where it's like okay i'm gonna get abs in six minutes i'm like you're not gonna get abs in six minutes you know (laughs) you you could you can literally sit there for 24 hours and do crunches all night you're not gonna get abs because there's so many other facets to health and fitness in order to get your body fat low and and all of that stuff so yeah one of the first things i always say when when i used to work with clients more uh, on a one-to-one basis was before we start, I need 100% commitment of it. Not every day is going to be great. Not every day yeah. is going to be how you think it's going to be, but you have to put in the work. So yeah, I, I suppose it probably is just that element of myself somewhere subconsciously putting it off and thinking, oh, this is going to be another thing to do. And I, and I suppose I'm guilty of thinking it's a waste of time. So I, I feel like I'm in this part of my life where I need to achieve all these goals and I'm neglecting probably one of the most important things I myself. And I really need to maybe sit back a little bit. So uh, thank you for that. 
You're welcome. And it, the thing that you start to realize is whatever you're doing, whatever your goals, whatever you're creating, you are at the center of it. Mm, mm. You are the center point of all of everything you experience. Absolutely. And actually, when we slow down, we realize that a lot of the stuff that we think we're supposed to be doing, there's so much mental noise. There's so many distractions. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And actually, when after I, I don't start my day, I don't start anything until I am aligned and connected. Mm. Because what I realize as soon as I drop in and I'm like, oh, oh yeah, all that on my to-do list, I can scrap mm. that. All that stuff I thought I had to do, all that pressure from the mind, you know, a lot of it is just noise. And when we drop in, we can get really clear what is the most important thing, what's going to really transform my life, where are my where are my true priorities? Because the mind and the ego can create mountains out of molehills. And so this kind of practice, let's just call it just stopping, yeah, <laughs> like calming down yeah. a little bit. It's, it's, it, it puts everything into perspective and actually makes you more successful. So I see it as a, is a, is a foundation to success. That's a, that's if that helps answer. motivate you. A absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. You're, you're going to see my, I might actually do some videos just for accountability that I will actually take that advice on board. So thank you for that. And just actually on being aligned and connected, like you just mentioned there, what is your daily routine like then? Well, yeah, I sometimes think if people saw how I live my life, they'd probably be laughing at me. I, I, I spend a, a lot of time doing self-care now. Mm. So what happened for me was I was a super like drive driver. I was, I worked out really hard. I pushed myself really hard. I was like, go, go, go really fiery, focused, determined. What started happening to me um, in my early twenties was that every time I went to exercise, cause I was really big in health and fitness, I would get started getting sick and it was so frustrating for me I cannot tell you and that's all also the time I started meditating basically my whole body was like you have to slow right down this whole pushing forcing thing is not working for you so I really learned this the hard way I I thought this whole thing kicking and screaming so this is what, what I'm going to tell you that I do now is like mm -hmm. a 20 year like honing practice because mm. then having babies that had to that slowed me down the whole all of life taught me how to slow right down and what I started to learn was that actually the more I took care of myself, the more I was in kind of flow and harmony with my body, the more success I started experiencing. But what I call true success, you know, not like like really this experience of feeling abundant. Mm. So I, um, well, now my girls are a little bit older, but first it was, you know, getting up with the kids and stuff. I uh, walk my dog, so I get out in nature. Okay. Um, being out in nature is really, really important to me. I live in London, so it's uh, even more important <laughs> that <laughs> I get out in nature somewhere. So mm. I find my little park. Um, I move my body. So movement. And that can look in all sorts of ways. But right at the moment, it's walking. I might do a little bit of stretching. Um, I go also in, in and out phases of things like I've done a lot of yoga in the past. Um, sometimes I go for a run with my dog, but it's basically about moving the body, getting the blood pumping and stretching. So getting comfortable and fluid in my physical body. I will come home and um, I tend to meditate in some form or another, mm -hmm. um, generally sitting. Sometimes I lie on the floor and just breathe. And I'm waiting for, looking for this moment where I feel balance, this moment where I feel alignment. So if my mind is in rushing and thinking, if I'm not feeling good, 
which I sometimes don't wake up feeling good. I'm doing my practice and until I feel that click of alignment, balance, and that kind of, ah, there I am. Mm. It's this feeling of being back in myself and in my center. So I spend the morning um, finding that place of alignment. Moving really is essential for me. And then breathing, meditating. Um, I journal sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and basically what I'm looking for is that place of connecting to what I call my higher self, my inner guidance yeah. system, which is this place that, that yes feeling inside of me. Um, and so some, and obviously every day is a little bit different. Some days I have more time than others, but I, I create my diary, my schedule so that I have a good chunk of time in the morning to do that. Then I get on with my day and, you know, having, you know, wonderful experience connecting with amazing people Mm. like we're doing now and then at some point in the afternoon i might notice that my energy might drop again so when i start to feel tired or stressed or overwhelmed out of flow i know that i need to stop so i well you if you were walking into my house you might find me lying on the floor again Um, and I, or I lie on the sofa and I lie down and I breathe again until I find that alignment. And sometimes my body's just like, you know what, this is, you just need to stop this idea of like Monday to Friday, nine to five or for me is not in harmony with my body. And so I have bursts of energy. And when I have a drop in energy, I know, okay, I need to stop if I, if I'm able to. So I try to design my day and my schedule around my energy peaks Mm. and my energy dips. So I, I plan all my creative stuff and all the kind of action I need to do, whether it's writing or doing interviews, working with clients when I'm on more of my energy peak. And then I'll try and clear my diary for when I have my drops and I'll walk my dog again. So I'll go out in nature again because he does need walking twice a day. But I also, I need walking twice a day. So I'll get back in into phone harmony. Um, I'm often, connection is really, really important to me as well. So every day you'll find me having some kind of deep conversation with somebody mm. who anyone who'll talk to me about. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like to have really deep, honest, authentic, let's share conversations. And um, that can be about the hard stuff and the wonderful stuff. I'll be doing that every day as well. Cause that fuels me. It energizes me. And I try and eat really well. So I, I, again, without being judging or hard on myself, I try and really listen to my body. What does it want to eat? What does it want to drink? And trying to really listen and um, and put things into my body that also nourish nourish me. So as you can see, there's sort of a few different angles that I come from. Mm. If I don't do that, I don't feel good. So for me, I'm highly sensitive. I've realized I didn't know. I thought I was a super tough girl that didn't care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm highly sensitive. I actually I think human beings are all highly sensitive. We've just shut down, disconnected. So. I've learned that I I want to feel good and I want to thrive. And when I'm doing those practices every day, I am in alignment and I'm thriving and I'm feeling good. And then my creative energy is awesome. So I'll get ideas, inspirations. It will feed into my business. If I'm not doing that, I will feel down, Mm. bad. I might feel anxious. I might feel scared, you know, and it can take me into dark places. So for me... I have to do a lot of self-care to stay in that space of balance. So it's not, it just doesn't happen for me accidentally. It's very conscious and mindful and requires time. I'm yeah, not absolutely. I, I mean, I just love that, how so intuitive you are with yourself. But I guess that comes down to the kind of 20 years of experience 
that, yes. that, that you've been doing. And I think, again, like we touched on it earlier, we all want it now because we've got so many things to do. Well, at least we, we have all this noise telling us that we have so much to do so so soon that we don't want to put that work in. So I think once we can set that expectation that it is going to take time, and I suppose it's a bit like if I use a gym analogy, so with myself, in order for me to, for example, increase my weights lifted or add a bit of muscle, it'll take me generally 18 months but I've kind of got used to that because I've been doing it for eight, nine years now. I'm used mm. to the process and I love the process and I, I get a good feeling from it. So I think as long as I can kind of transform that into this, it will certainly help. And I just want to touch on, you mentioned you were highly sensitive. So again, I'll, sh- I'll share a bit of my vulnerability. I'm probably <laughs> probably one of the most emotional guys you'll probably meet this year in terms mm. of the fact that my wife calls me wifey. And uh, <laughs> I would literally, I mean, I could watch X Factor. Somebody goes through and I'm just in tears because I'm so happy for him. And sometimes oh. like, I don't even know who this person is and I'm just boiling on the other side. And I'm like, sometimes I... I feel a bit, I, I used to get embarrassed by it. I'm like, why, why, why do I get so emotional? Or I get like a frog in my throat. Like, you know, when you, mm. when you can't get the words out and my voice would drop and then the wife would know straight away that I'm oversensitive. But, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to touch on another thing as well. I think we're in a space, especially on social media, where the, the grind or the hustle, it's kind of like a cool thing to do. I.e., let's mm. work 24 hours a day. I mean, the first thing I, I, I think I mentioned to you is, you know, I work seven days a week. I try and work as many hours a day and I don't really have time to stop. And mm. I've seen the examples of people doing that and then achieving maybe a monetary uh, success or some financial gain, but then they're still unfulfilled exactly yeah and I think this is a really important lesson one not just for myself but for anyone out there now who's almost damaging themselves in some in terms of their imbalance to just have it to have a look back and see what true success is like you touched on earlier which I thought was mm. beautiful the way you said that so uh, thank you for that it's really enlightening and I, I always say this and I said it before the start of this episode I feel so fortunate because I have this time with amazing guests like yourself where I'm just getting like one-to-one the best coaching in the world so it's brilliant for me because it's it's 60 minutes and i really enjoy it and hopefully the listeners will gain something from this as well so thank you lara for sharing all of that i really do appreciate it oh it's my greatest pleasure and and i and thanks for sharing your vulnerability too because you know men are just as sensitive as women this i you know i just think there's just so much so many lies that we've been sold and Mm. we just need to get back in connection with ourselves and understand how we are and and I, I didn't realize how sensitive I was either. I'm highly sensitive, highly emotional. Mm. Um, and I've realized it's a beautiful thing if we can flow with it. You know, it's when it gets out of balance that it can be really destructive and really problematic. But it's a gift. But it's like learning how to use that gift. Because if you're really sensitive but not honoring your sensitivity, it can be really destructive. And that's what I learned. And, and I, to be honest, I've learned a lot of this stuff the hard way. Um, if I start pushing or trying to create something that's not in flow with myself either get sick or like something something will happen it's like I get slam dunked Mm. so I I think that and again like also I've achieved lots of things and I had all these goals and I thought that's what I wanted and then I got it and I felt empty I felt nothing so that's when I started getting really curious like right what what is this you know what is it we're actually Mm. doing here but we need to be all areas need nurturing, but we have to remember like the core of it, because this is what I learned also with exercising, working out and like pushing myself really hard with health. I was like probably the healthiest like person you've ever met, mm. but I wasn't mentally healthy. So it was like no matter what I achieved, it was never good enough. It was never enough, never enough. And it's like feeding this hungry ghost. And so 
what I started to realize is we have to get to the core of who we are so that whatever we're doing is going to bring true fulfillment. And that sometimes means, you know, slowing down because whatever we think we want isn't necessarily what we truly want. It might be a next step on that path, but it's often something deeper. So as long as we're bringing in that depth, Mm -hmm. whatever we do will be nurturing. But if we're, if we're not really, bringing in that kind of deeper part of ourself, nothing we do is going to bring us true fulfillment. It's just going to be like next, 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 like an addict. So this is why it's so important. And then we can really thrive and we can really enjoy life because I think, what's the point? What's the point of mm. being here if we're not kind of enjoying this experience? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I, I, th- I think I said the same thing in a, in a post this morning. I was like, even those fortunate who'd lived the longest life is still very short for them and we really need to put that into perspective and maybe i mean one of the premises of this show is i always like to talk about adversity which is what we're going to go on to next because it's it's in adversity where i suppose we wake up for a few weeks where we think okay life is short let me let me thank all the people who have helped me let me show love to those close to me and let me just be grateful in the moment but then all of a sudden two three weeks pass and then you're kind of back into the rat race and you're back into routine and you're forgetting everything so i am very blessed because this podcast has almost made me be grateful i'll say six days a week whereas before gratitude was never a part of my daily routine so it certainly it certainly helps me so yeah that's a fantastic point and if we do move over to the adversity bit and you spoke briefly about deep connection and conversation let's talk about the hard stuff if you wouldn't mind Mm. and let's let's get you re-energized and refueled as, as you stated i'd like to know a time of just a time where you face great adversity and more importantly, how you persevered through it and the lessons that it taught you. If you could just share that with myself and the listeners, I think it'd be great value. Mm. So obviously life, uh, you know, I'm, well, I'm 41 now. So I've had <laughs> lots of, you know, knocks and challenges, uh, little mini ones. But I feel, I feel the core thing, and maybe this, is, maybe this is getting too deep, I don't know. But the core thing for me that's run through everything was what I would say was the trauma from my childhood and that no matter what I've done has like I can't you can't escape yourself so what I realized a lot of my goals and my dreams and what I've been pushing towards has actually been in a way to try and escape this trauma to try and escape this pain and I've realized that there's no escaping ourselves. so in a way what what I realized is all of my goals had an element of trying to expand beyond, you know, trying to, to to almost create a new world for myself. And every time I tried to kind of grow and expand and I I felt like I kept on getting slammed back down Mm -hmm. again and again and again. And what I realized is because I had to get right down to the deep core of myself, my trauma, my pain, and go in and transform it from like the inside out in order to truly like to truly expand into what I desire. Um, so it's not one thing, it's mm. many, many things, but there is this fundamental core wound within myself, which came, you know, you know, and, and bless her, it's not her fault, but c- comes from this relationship with my mom. And because of you know, her pain and trauma, both my parents have pain and trauma, which almost everyone does. What human being hasn't experienced pain and trauma? What I call ancestral trauma, trauma that gets passed down from generation to generation to generation. And so what I experienced was this feeling of like, 
because of my parents' trauma, I didn't feel loved. Mm. I didn't feel like who I was was acknowledged or valued and good enough. So I felt bad. I felt like I'm a bad person. Something about me is bad. Something about me is disgusting. Something about me is wrong. And I've been on this kind of mission to try and grow out of this feeling, feeling bad and not good enough. And I didn't know that that's what was running me consciously when I was younger, but now I can see that's what it was. And it wasn't because, you know, my parents did anything wrong. It's just that because of their stuff, they couldn't really give me the kind of love and support and nurturing that I needed. So I felt kind of abandoned and neglected, emotionally speaking, spiritually speaking. And so, so the only time I felt all right was when I was achieving in sport because I was really good at sport. And then I'd get kudos. Then I'd get maybe a compliment. I, 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 yeah, so it was, so I feel for me like this journey the last 20 years has been about really finally learning how to love and take care of like really value who I am, love who I am, see who I am and know that actually there's nothing wrong with me on the deepest level of my being. But it's been a really long journey to really get that because you can know something intellectually, conceptually, but it's about really knowing it deep within yourself that who I am is okay. Now, and so this has been obviously in my, as a healer, so I've been trying to give that out to everybody else. I was like, I'm going to give it out to you and I'm going to get up to you. I'm going to help you feel okay. And I'm going to see you and love you and witness you, but I wasn't really doing it for myself. So this has been my biggest thing. And then finally, like, obviously it's a work in progress, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's not like you land. What I've learned about life is there's no, you never arrive. You never arrive to the space where, and I was trying to arrive. I was trying to find, you know, finally when I get there, then I'll be okay. Then everything will be fine. And that I've realized now living, you know, my 40 plus years now, I'm like, oh yeah, there is no arriving. <laughs> there Absolutely. is no end point. Absolutely. There is, you know, even when you reach a goal, immediately there'll be another one. Mm. So for me, it's been realizing that like fundamentally I'm okay. Um, and really know it kind of, it's almost like what the parts of me that I thought were bad, I actually realized are my gifts. And the, thought, the, the parts of me that were bad about me are actually what's really good about me. They just weren't held. They weren't acknowledged. They weren't witnessed. So they just went into the underground, the underworld of the shadow. Um, so I would say, like, for me, this has been my biggest thing to overcome. And I'm still working with it. Um, but I feel like there's been some really fundamental shifts. And now it, it just changes the way that I do everything. It changes the way that I move through life and the way that I create my business, the way that I show up. Um, so rather than trying to think before I was like running and trying to chase something, I was always chasing something and chasing a goal and chasing a dream. And But I, I kept on being slammed back. And I was like, what is this? Why is this so hard? Because you can, we cannot, we have to move forward with all, all of us. Mm. You know, we, ha we, life will not let us leave any part of us behind. So, so this, I would say, I, I hope that makes some sort of sense with your question. But for me, that's been my biggest, my biggest thing. And, and I'm really, really passionate now about 
the buck stops with me. Like I do not want to pass on this what I would call ancestral trauma to my kids, to future Absolutely. generations. I want to shift this deep, these deep wounds, this deep pain, this deep sense of sort of separation and abuse, so much abuse that's been going, that goes on everywhere. And I really, my big passion is like, if I can stop that within myself and I can support other people's, like just to transform a few people's lives, that's going to then ripple out into future generations. And that, that is my big passion. <laughs> that's why I do what I do. I'm like, this is not going further. <laughs> mm. that, Laura, that's, that's probably one of the most interesting responses I've actually ever heard to this question. It's, um, it's fascinating. And as you were saying that, I was resonating so much with that. I think your children are in a fantastic place because they've got a mother with so much awareness and you're going to bring them so much more of the stuff that maybe you didn't have through no fault of your own of your parents. Um, And I think that they'll be blessed to obviously have your wisdom around that. And there was one other thing you said, which was you can't escape yourself. And I just thought that was fantastic. I actually made that bold on my page here because we have to put ourselves first. You know, this is the premise of this show because for 24 hours a day every single day until our last day we're with ourselves so we can love we can love our parents we can love our kids we can love our spouses as much as possible but when they're not there it's just it's just our thoughts yeah even myself when I struggle I have friends I can confide in but then the moment my friend leaves my sight or my wife leaves my sight it's just me and unless I'm not fixing myself and realizing because you again another point you said is we're not broken we're just, I suppose we're just rebuilding just to come back stronger. And that's how I always try and look at it. So I thought that was one of the, one, actually probably one of the best answers anyone's ever given me because it's something I can relate to. I think it is definitely deep. And I think sometimes we need to look a little bit deeper rather than just hear the generic stuff. So I really appreciate you sharing that. And if I may, off the back of that, just ask you something a little bit personal, please feel free to say you don't want to answer it. That's absolutely fine. But you mentioned your mom again, and that's probably where the trauma started from with your childhood. Have you truly forgiven your mom, and do you still hold any resentment towards her? I have truly forgiven my mom. Mm. Um, I still, I think with me, I long for true, authentic connection, mm. which means that whoever is in communication with me also needs to be be able to be authentic. And I think it's really hard for some people to be that self-honest because to be honest with yourself, you have to feel everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a generational thing. I think their generation is just not equipped to mm-hmm. feel on that level. So I also have to, for me, it's been about accepting, just acceptance of yeah who she is and where she is and honoring her path and her journey and it's diff very different from mine so mm. for me it's been about acceptance for forgiveness was part of it but it was about it, it was about acceptance and like I was trying sometimes my mission to heal and transform and change has meant that I haven't you know accepted mm. her the situation for how it, how it is and because I wanted things to be better and I'm like, I can see it can be better. It can be better. You know, so it's kind of like this push pushing again. Um, and partly that's good. That's good for a person who really wants to grow and evolve. But for someone who's just like, I just want to be me in this moment. Um, so that's been one of my biggest learnings, particularly my relationship with my mom is just like, just let, let her be <laughs> a poor yeah, woman. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know? yeah. um, but I'm on a very different mission. Um, so 
so yeah, so I would say um, for, absolutely forgiveness is there, but now my practice is just really acceptance. That's fantastic. No, and I think that's a brilliant lesson for anyone listening is that not everybody will have the same dreams, goals, aspirations, or the desire to grow how say for instance you are and myself and it was very frustrating for me when I had family members and friends who I wanted to see do just as well as me and I was like come along on this journey of like self-development and self-progression and nine out of ten of them were like actually I'm just fine where I am and I could never understand it and it used to frustrate me and almost to the point where you're trying to get into their head and understand their logic and that in itself would drive you crazy and I did find just accepting the way that they are because of their own belief system and just whatever they desire was just so much easier for myself. And then I thought, let's just work on myself. And then maybe one day I can inspire them to maybe think, hey, I might pick up a book or just try and enhance my life. Because I suppose sometimes I'll sit here and I think ignorance is a bliss. Like before I went on the self-development journey, life was so much simpler. It was (laughs) let's work Monday to Friday and let's get drunk on a Friday night, recover on a Saturday (laughs) and then back to work. Whereas now I'm like battling with myself on all these like areas of my life. But at the same time, I truly enjoy it. Like, I, I love what I do. I love the whole learning. I mean, I've learned so much in just this last 50 minutes with yourself that no no book would really give me because it's just been a, an authentic, beautiful conversation. So I want people to kind of feel how I'm feeling now. But again, like you said, sometimes you just have to accept not everyone's maybe ready for it in this particular yeah. time. Yeah. So uh, brilliant. Um, and I want to ask you another question then, if, if I may. And this one is, you're in what I would consider now a very good place or at least in a place where you can kind of realign yourself and maybe make yourself more balanced but I want to ask you what's your biggest fear right now in this moment do you know what's interesting I think one of my biggest fears is being alone and I mean suffering I I think having like a painful death is also something that scares me I I don't mind dying I'm at peace with dying I just don't want pain Mm. um but being being alone so I've realized that connection really deep heart-centered authentic connection fuels me deeply so yeah I, I think being being totally alone is my answer to that one and and that's being alone from uh, I'm assuming people not in terms of your practice of solitude or anything like that. No, because I need that now, and I I I realized that. But I, I I used to hate that. I used to run a mile from being alone in any way. Mm. But um, yeah, maybe it's like being lonely, you know. So because you, you can be around people, and you can there can be a lot of busyness, but you can still feel alone lonely. Yeah, absolutely. and lonely. And that, that is something that I've experienced a lot in my life. And that I've realized because I need this sort of deep, mm. <laughs> deep connection mm. to feel, to feel, yeah, to feel connection with people. Um, so yeah, I think being lonely is probably, um, but yeah, so that idea of like, sometimes I was thinking, gosh, what if I get old, you know, and I have no friends or there's no family oh, and I'm all alone, you know, like that I think is, one of the worst things and I, I there's so many people that feel so alone in this world with so many with billions of people and it kind of breaks my heart so I feel like I'm also kind of it's my fear and then it also motivates me to do something about that like how can we shift this alone epidemic that seems to be on this planet with so many people so so I take my fears and then I'm like right what can we do about that you know mm. then it, it inspires me to take action and do something 
That's brilliant. I think you touched also on a, a prevalent point, which is loneliness. So in my last life as a social worker, I became aware of the statistics of people suffering. And I worked in the adult sector and the amount of adults who I would go and visit for care or just, just see how they're doing. And it was heartbreaking when they had no family or friends. And, and it really did make me feel grateful for the, the simple things, the ability to just pick up the phone and have a conversation with someone because loneliness is, it's so, it is sad, it's horrible and I don't wish it on anyone and it is actually something that hopefully I can announce in the next maybe year or so that I'm trying to do more for mental health is trying to create a social enterprise where we're going to, with the money that we raise from the business, we're going to donate it to opening like day centres and night centres for people who are struggling in isolation um, and just to kind of give them a, a safe haven where there's no stigma attached to suffering with their mental health to come into a safe place and not be alone basically because yeah. through my experience of living with someone with mental health and having been fortunate to have spoken with quite a few people they always say the one thing that they'd want is just someone to talk to without without the fear of judgment and yeah. just not being alone because I think they feel like they are alone and they're struggling hence why like I said with this show is to show people that your problem isn't exclusive to you. There are thousands out there and if we can all connect and all just try and support each other, we can hopefully uh, have, a, have, a, have a happier life, basically. Oh, that's so beautiful. Absolutely. And, and what I've learned, because obviously I've you know, supported many, many people now mm. over the years, is that if you're struggling with something, there, there is someone else who's struggling with the same thing. Like, we're Absolutely. not alone. And this is the thing, this is also why I feel passionate about speaking openly, mm. authentically, to help other people realise you're not the only one who's struggling, you know. Yeah, and absolutely. so I think it's beautiful. I love your vision. Thank you, thank you. We are now actually, Larry. Then going to go into the fun part of the show. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Three, two, one. If you could abolish one thing in the world, what would it be? Poverty. Your favorite beer? IPA. Your biggest role model? Oprah Winfrey. What would you like to be remembered for? Love. Your biggest goal this year? Oh. That's a good question. Hmm. My biggest goal this year. To find where we want to live. Your worst mistake? Not appreciating every moment of my girls when they were little. If you could relive one day again, what day would it be? When my girls were probably like two and five when they were little. A day when they were little. The ability to fly or be invisible? Fly. The number one thing that annoys you? Dishonesty. Money or fame? Money. Your proudest moment? Giving birth to my girls. Your favourite food? Indian food. Would you rather speak all languages or be able to speak to animals? Well, I can speak to animals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Already. Okay. <laughs> so should we say all, all languages? Uh, yeah, all languages. If you had an extra hour a day, how would you spend it? Walking with my husband. If you could sit with one person in the world for an hour, who would it be, dead or alive? I want to say Oprah Winfrey. And we're at the end of the uh, quick fire round. How did you find that? That was fun. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, <laughs> I, I'm really interested about the uh, speaking with animals. So um, that's definitely a conversation for another day. Okay. That is fascinating. That's some Dr. Doolittle stuff there. So incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I always it. wanted to be a vet. That was my, I'm, I've always been obsessed with animals and love, love them. Okay, brilliant. We're almost sadly at the end of the show now, Lara. So just a couple of more questions, if I may. The next one is about reflection. So I'm a firm believer that hindsight is a wonderful thing because obviously upon reflection, we can learn and think of ways to get to where we are currently quicker, easier, or with less heartache. 
But at the same time, I also guess the journey teaches us a lot as well. So it's a real belief of mine that everything kind of happens for a reason. So knowing exactly what you know now with all your knowledge and all your wisdom, if you could go back to maybe a younger Lara, maybe when you were 14 and you were going through the emotional trauma of, of your life and you could just whisper something in a younger Lara's ear, what would you say? Mm-hmm. Oh, I would say, um, I would tell her who she is. So I would say that you are loved, you are deeply loved, you're a beautiful person, mm. you've got a beautiful heart, you have a special, you have special gifts and special sensitivity. I would tell her all about the ways that she needs to be looked after and nourished to feel okay. Um, it took me a long time to learn that. Um, and I would tell her about her light and um, that she finds certain energies and emotions really difficult and stressful. Um, so I would just be telling her soothing, loving things in her ear. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And I'm sure you probably say these kind of things now to your daughters who are going to just be in such a better emotional space growing up, which is, uh, which is fantastic. And I suppose a lesson to all of us as well. I hope so. Yeah, I'm sure you're doing great. And that actually does sadly leave us to the last question. And the last question I always like to ask my guests is about legacy. So if in 150 years time, science fails to save us and all that exists is a book and this book is about you and it tells us all the weird and wonderful things that you've done in life and everything about you. Firstly, what would the title of the book be? And secondly, what would the blurb at the back tell us about you? (laughs) the title would be follow your heart and it's interesting you know I think the things that I'd want to be you know remembered for is would be kindness and love which is interesting right it's almost like I want this sort of essence Mm. (laughs) to be there but um you know my my desire is sort of you know touching touching millions of people's lives and um, making an impact, inspiring people to trust in themselves, trust in their heart, trust in their inner knowing. Um, And I hope to have made the path easier for people. So somehow that by me doing my path in my life, I've somehow cleared that path a bit, making it a little bit easier to walk for future generations something along those lines and I think that's beautiful I think that's a beautiful summary that I mean you've definitely made my life easier just in this very brief conversation and I'm excited to kind of follow your journey moving forward because you've got 20 years experience so for us to be able to just latch on to that and almost kind of get a bit of a head start and then go through the process with you is, is fascinating I think kindness and love are two of you know the most beautiful things that we we all should whether it's natural or whether we have to learn it just just learn it because the world's going to be in such a better place and finally just on that and following your journey which I really want to encourage every person that listens to this show and I will certainly be doing it myself is how can we follow you and how can we connect with you if that's okay with yourself what are the best platforms well I love connecting I've realized it's Mm -hmm. the thing that motivates me more than anything um so I'm on YouTube if you put in Laura Waldman abundance activator Mm um I'm on Facebook if you can Laura Waldman abundance activator yeah I'm on Instagram Laura Waldman official and my website is laurawaldman.com. And if you want to reach out, I've got a contact form on my website there. 
Fantastic. What I will do is put all of those with the actual links in the show notes. So anyone listening to this episode can literally just scroll to the show notes and click it directly and get in touch with you. I'll obviously be promoting it on all aspects of social media. Laura, I just want to say once again, thank you so much for your time and all of your knowledge that you've blessed us all with today. And I want to thank everyone at home. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a great pleasure. And remember, this podcast is absolutely free. So all we ask in return is for you to share this with a friend and drop us a five-star review over on iTunes. Have an awesome day.